This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Hey, you're listening to the Bite Size Business Breakfast. Uh, some of the best bits from our show on Wednesday, the 25th of October, where we've had a huge focus on Saudi Arabia. That's because the big FII conference is going on, Davos in the Desert. We have crossed live to Riyadh to speak to James Drummond, who's the editor-in-chief of Arabian Gulf Business Insight, to find out what's happening on the ground. A little closer to home, speaking of the ground and sticking a spade in it, we've been speaking to Jonathan Emery, the CEO of Aldar Development. Thoroughly enjoyable interview about the newest project to come out from them, not being built in Abu Dhabi, but being built in Dubai. We're going to find out why. Keep listening to the podcast. Plus... Gordonston School, the Scottish boarding school that plays a role in the crown because it educated the current King of England, is coming to Abu Dhabi. We've been speaking to their international partner, BBD Education, the CEO, Sean Robertson. Having a look at some of the top stories that are making headlines this morning in this final hour of the show where we have something of a focus on Saudi Arabia. Why? A little matter of what they call Davos in the desert. Huge gathering that is going on at the moment. Great and good of the business world are over there. And so it is a business story, so much so that we have put it first off this morning to Katija Hack, Chief Economist at Emirates NBD, asking her what she was taking from the event. Saudi Arabia's Future Investment Initiative got underway yesterday and was well attended despite the increased geopolitical tensions in the region. Key issues including the outlook for the global economy, interest rates and the energy transition were discussed and a number of deals are expected to be announced over the course of the three-day event. Yesterday, the Saudi electricity company announced that hundreds of billions of dollars would be needed to invest in boosting electricity generation capacity in the kingdom by the end of the decade in order to meet targets. Most of this would be achieved through renewable sources or LNG-powered plants. Tourism was another key sector in the spotlight yesterday, with the kingdom targeting 30 million international visitors by the end of this year. The sector is expected to reach 6% of GDP this year, which is almost double what it was a few years ago. Right. So that is The Economist's take on it. What are people saying on stage, Richard? So Yasser Al-Ramayan is one of the key people there. He's the chief executive officer of PIF, the Public Investment Fund, the big sovereign wealth fund in Abu Dhabi. And he was on stage speaking yesterday about a range of issues. I've picked out a couple of sound bites from what he had to say. This is him, Yasser Al-Ramayan, speaking about the importance of AI. One of the most significant driving forces in the world is the rise of artificial intelligence. AI could increase global GDP by 14% in 2030. If harnessed for good, AI has the power to help create a more inclusive society. So that is technology. But what about finance? He was also talking about interest rates and the fact that interest rates are rising in Saudi Arabia, like the UAE, pegged to the dollar. Therefore, their interest rates have risen significantly over the past 18 months. This is Yasser Al-Rumayan. As we all know, the global economic enjoy the benefits of nearly free money for almost 15 years. With historically low interest rates that fueled growth, innovation, lending and investments. As central banks 
have tightened monetary policy in an effort to slow inflation, business and governments around the world have been adjusting to this new reality. This has been the fastest rate increase since the early 1980s and has caused significant and unpredictable disruptions. Governments and private sector cannot sustain the same level of spending, lending and investments as they did in the past. Yasser Al-Ramayan of the Public Investment Fund. Yeah, Jamie Dimon's also been speaking, uh, casting aspersions on the world's central banks. Banking boss, he is never short of an opinion or two. This is the one that he gave yesterday. And then I look at the financial situation, the, the fiscal spending, which is more than it's ever, I'm talking about the United States, but it's almost true around the world. It's more than it's ever been in peacetime by a long shot with the highest debt levels we've ever had by government. <clears throat> and there's this kind of omnipotent feeling that central banks and governments can, can manage through all this stuff. I, I, I'm cautious. I don't think it makes a piece of difference whether rates go up 25 basis points or more. Like zero, none, nada. I think whether the whole curve goes up 100 basis points, you know, I would, I urge people, be prepared for it. I don't know if it's going to happen. But I look at what we're seeing today more like the 70s. A lot of spending, a lot of it's going to be wasted. I'm in favor of this whole uh, ESG effort. On the other hand, if you look at the way we're going about it, uh, it's almost like governments want to whack them all and force it, but no carbon taxes, no rational way to go about it. Jamie Diamond, who are we speaking to who's in Saudi later? We are going to hear from the guys at AGBI. The editor-in-chief is there. We've been chatting to him. Uh, going to get his thoughts from Riyadh a little bit later on this morning. And, of course, throughout the week, we're going to be covering this one for you because it is a big deal. Obviously, it's a big deal for Saudi Arabia. But there's a, a big deal for us as well. And one of the things that we're going to get some perspective on from our correspondent there, who is James Drummond, the editor-in-chief of AGBI, is the fact that Mohammed Alabar, has been speaking there. And of course, it makes sense when you think about his business interest. Primarily, I certainly think of him as being the chairman of MR Properties. Very I much think of him as the big tower man. He'd like that. We should get merch at Burj Khalifa. But he is. He's the chairman of MR Properties. So obviously, the Burj Khalifa is one of his projects. But he's done a lot of business with Saudi Arabia recently. First of all, Noon.com is a joint venture between himself and investors, and the PIF is an investor in that, but also Americana, the restaurant chain, which was a a complicated deal, but they're the the franchise holder for KFC and Pizza Hut here in this region. He was instrumental in taking it private, first of all, and then taking it public, and there was Saudi money involved in that as well. So he's got strong ties to Saudi Arabia. He's been speaking there as well. So the UAE does have representation there. This is the Bite Size Business Breakfast, exclusively on DubaiEye1038.com. Let's talk real estate now because Aldar Properties has got a new development. It looks fabulous. It's residential development, nothing new there because that's what Aldar has been doing for years and years and years. However, it is not in Abu Dhabi. It is in Dubai, and that's what makes it significant. Jonathan Emery's with us, CEO Aldar Development. Morning, Jonathan. Very good morning to you. Why Dubai? Uh, great timing for us. 18 years, we've been uh, honing our craft in Abu Dhabi and looking for the right opportunity. And we've uh, been working in partnership now with Dubai Holdings, found some great sites. And uh, yeah, today we launch our first uh, project here in Dubai. Um, fundamentally believe in the market here, continuing to grow, 
And, uh, you know, from our international sales network, there is strong demand for us to be um, providing something new, I hope. Everyone will agree, something new into Dubai. I think it's time. Uh, so we're, we're going to try. Okay. Well, we'll get more into what, what it is that you're building and how much it costs and when you're going to build it. Uh, first of all, full disclosure, you're doing this with Dubai Holding. Dubai Holding is the parent company of Dubai Eye, so I should mention that. That's not why you're here, but I, I mentioned it just in terms of full disclosure. So what you're doing is, this is what you're calling it, a residential community in Dubai to offer a wellness-inspired suburban living. living. Two and a half thousand residential units. So this is not small. You're out by um, the Haptor Polo Club, near IMG World of Adventures, near Global Village, that part of Dubai. Now, you're only going to start building it next year, 2027, before it's ready. Give us your overview of what it is that you're building. There is a big trend um, for people uh, conscious, more conscious of their health and well-being. Now, that's at, uh, you know, whether it's physical exercise, whether it's mental uh, well-being. We believe that uh, we're trying to um, put something together at a community level. So within our physical buildings, in the homes that we're creating, there are things that we're doing at, at that sort of level to create uh, you know, better well-being, both through sort of neuroscience related to architecture as well as sort of physical uh, activities. But we're trying to do it elevated at a community level so that it's been designed so that people uh, can choose to live in a place which promotes health and well-being in all aspects. And that's sort of a first. And it sort of permeates through, you know, from the design of the buildings through to the public spaces, to the landscaping and to the amenities and services that we're providing. So Brandy Scott has an informal award on the business breakfast that she's developed recently. So I'm going to bring Brandy in now. Yeah. What, what is your award? Yeah, this is not an actual award before Josh, our head of commercial, has a heart attack driving to work this morning. Um, but we are interested in the creativity in the off-plan sector at the moment. So we have created the offies to celebrate um, informally um, what we are seeing in the way of new and interesting off-plan features. I don't know how to choose between your treehouse community centre, your meditation pavilion or your tranquility pool, if I'm honest. Well, thank you. I think thank you. It's always nice to be recognised <laughs> for innovation. Um, there's no piece of crystal ever uh, no, I'm, I'm just... a bit disappointed there's not even you know, like a muffin or something. <laughs> um, that's great. No, the, 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 the team um, have been working on this, putting this together. So there is some science behind it, but obviously... It's sort of beauty yeah. is part of it. And, um, you know, when we'll be displaying that down at Aldo Experts today. But you mentioned earlier, very seriously, the neuroscience of the yeah. architecture. Yeah. What do you actually mean by that? We've been working quite closely, um, looking at some of the science behind how cities, buildings affect people's uh, demeanour, their, their sense of uh, worth, their, their, you know, even down to sort of how the, uh, it can affect people's loneliness, etc. Uh, professors, authors like uh, Colin Erlard um, has done a lot of work in relation to sort of architecture and neuroscience. So we believe that matters and we've tried to build that into the solution. So it's a bit of light penetration, size of windows, natural ventilation um, and some of the aesthetics as well. So in terms of the, the, the open spaces here, and I'm looking at the plans of it. It doesn't work particularly well on radio, but there's a lot of green space and there's water. And as Brandy said, there's the Treehouse Centre and all that's great. But from a commercial perspective, because you're the CEO of Aldar Development, 
you've got to be looking at that space and, and having a conversation with your finance director. And he's saying, that's an awful lot of space where we're not selling real estate. How do you, how do you, yeah. it is great to have it, but how do you commercially justify so, it? So one of the other, one of the other uh, trends that we're seeing is that people uh, are, uh, our customers are starting to evaluate experience as well as place. So obviously experience start with the provision of amenity, of, of allocating more public space, parks, uh, you know, covered pathways for cycle and walking. And what we're trying to layer onto that is the provision of services to animate that further. And you know, we're finding that, that the value that we're, we're trading, uh, physical space that's not commercialized in terms of selling, into value in terms of the space that we are selling. And obviously that's a, that's a a balanced calculation and you know the DNA of every developer has different views on on the value cost equation we come from a place uh, that you know we we put value on you know creating that amenity that that experience and that that's what our customers are you know coming to Aldar for and I know your result it's earnings season at the moment but your results are out next week so we can't talk about those but we know Aldar has been doing well over the past couple of years but I'm not going to ask and getting about awards now as well <laughs> it just doesn't get better quite seriously though as well you've got a pedal tennis court in here mm. is having a pedal court in a development not just one focused on the amenities like this but a development in general is it now becoming as ubiquitous as having a, a swimming pool? Do you must? Is it a must-have? Yeah, like uh, there is definitely, you know, just a sort of terminology around sort of amenity wars, and obviously, you know, things things that were not standard a while ago become standard. Now, one has to be careful to sort of not, you know, not. It, it, it's a it's a balanced, uh, you know, game you have to play on that. I think we try and. Rather than just sort of adding the tick box, we're trying to be innovative um, and respond to you know a, a bigger theme. So our theme is around wellness. So we've 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 traded some amenities that are standard for for new ones. Amenity wars and the neuroscience of architecture. <laughs> the gift that keeps on I'm giving. I'm stealing amenity wars for the business breakfast. Yeah, it's my gift to you this morning. <laughs> we've got we've got one minute left with you. Prices starting from 2.5 million dirhams, going up to what for the posh? ones to be revealed okay. not this morning launch is on 31st that's next tuesday also we're launching today but the uh, the pricing will be released a few hours before the 31st maybe a day or so before depending on uh, pressure but the 31st uh, will be the day when the public can buy and you you 20, 2027, I believe, is when it's going to be ready. And real estate markets have cycles. You know this. You've been worked around the world in real estate markets. We're at the top of the cycle at the moment in Dubai. When this actually delivers in 2027, we'll be in a different point in the cycle. 30 seconds, your observation on that cycle. I would agree that the uh, the historic uh, uh, references would, would say that there are cycles. And yeah, absolutely. Um, when that is and and how deep and shallow etc is that's that's the that's what everyone wants to know i think i think we believe investing in the uae uh, defies sort of cycles and you know and certainly our reflection is that if there is one it will be shallower than the last because you know the country is uh, elevating by quality wellness is where it's at 
Jonathan Emery, CEO Eldar Development. Be great talking to you. Good luck with your development. Thank you very much. Catch up on the business headlines with the Bite Size Business Breakfast. And the guys at AGBI are at Davos in the desert. Arabian Gulf Business Insights Editor-in-Chief is James Drummond. He is at the massive Saudi conference. James, good morning. Thanks for being with us. Uh, my pleasure, Richard. Nice to see you. Good to have you with us from Riyadh this morning. Going to get your thoughts in a second. First of all, very quickly, let's remind us what happened on day one yesterday. First up, this is Yasser al Ramayan. He's the chief executive of the Public Investment Fund in Saudi Arabia. This was him speaking about the emergence of artificial intelligence. One of the most significant driving forces in the world is the rise of artificial intelligence. AI could increase global GDP by 14% in 2030. If harnessed for good, AI has the power to help create a more inclusive society. But of course, not just Saudi speakers at the event yesterday. The great and the good of Wall Street were there, including Jamie Dimon. He's the CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, the biggest bank in the United States. This is what he had to say. I don't think it makes a piece of difference whether rates go up 25 basis points or more. Like zero, none, nada. I think whether the whole curve goes up 100 basis points, you know, I would I urge people be prepared for it. I don't know if it's going to happen. James, what was your key takeaway? Well, I think the main thing is that Politics was very much uh, kept at the gate. Uh, This was very much a business-focused event, and uh, determinedly so. In fact, some of the foreign attendees made more reference to the situation globally than did uh, other Saudi hosts. Um, This was the the technocratic leadership of Saudi Arabia delivering uh, a series of, of messages really about that we are on track, we are intent on modernizing, and we are intent on changing things in this kingdom. We are open for business and we're pretty much open to to everyone around the world. So I mean they will be very pleased with the turnout. I mean it was pretty impressive. There's no there's no denying that. Um something like six thousand people in the King Abdul Aziz conference center, as you say, Richard, really a, a, a roster of uh, Wall Street leadership, um president of the World Bank, president of FIFA, uh two presidents of the form of the president of South Korea, president of Kenya. So really, um, uh, all that they would have hoped for, I suspect. So um, yeah, they, 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 they've done well, there's no doubt about that. Um, these things are somewhat, uh, as we know, perhaps sort of choreographed, and not certainly organized well in advance. Um, so the sort of talking points around AI and robotics, um, kind of somewhat to be expected, I guess. But um, no, I'm, I'm sure the, the organisers will be pleased. And in terms of some of the big stories coming out of Saudi Arabia this week, there are many of them. There's one that I picked up on, for some reason caught my attention. Hyundai to build a car plant in Saudi Arabia jointly with PIF, the Sovereign Wealth Fund there. It's about half a billion dollars. This is good old-fashioned manufacturing, James. Sure. And there's, uh, that's I mean, uh, Lucid as well, the, the, the EV uh, company in which Saudi Arabia has a large stake is also going to open. Um, so um, it's, 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 there's a myriad of sectors. I mean, this event uh, is was primarily sort of financial, but um, I have colleagues at a construction event. Um, uh, there's another one on agriculture. It is conference season here, as it is in, in the UAE, um, but it's uh, a hive of activity. So, yeah, I mean, um, 
we have the usual aside from sort of manufacturing we have you know some large-scale uh, joint ventures announced over with uh, red sea global one of the giga projects as the name suggests on the red sea a tourism venture uh similarly with uh neon uh, up north uh, the massive new city up there um and we have a series of of jvs around um petrochemicals as well so um as, as, as you and I know, there's, there's announcing joint ventures and announcing MOUs is one thing, uh, delivery is another. So I try and keep a close eye on that. But yeah, no, there's um, a lot going on here. I know that you noticed Mohammed Alibar was there. We know him perhaps in Dubai best as the chairman of MR Properties, in some ways the founder of MR Properties. But of course, he's got a lot going on with with Saudi Arabia as well. Noon, the e-commerce platform, Saudi Arabia, big investors in that. Americana, the, the food company as well, KFC and Pizza Hut, Saudi Arabia, very involved in that. What did you learn from Mohammed Alibar? Well, I mean, my main takeaway was that he was going to hear, he was the most senior Emirati that I noticed uh, around the place. And, you know, Emir are, are big investors in Saudi Arabia in and of themselves. He speaks very well at these events and he's a kind of uh, citizen of the world. Uh, so, but I, I detect also this close relationship between the UAE and Saudi Arabia. Um, and that was sort of emphasised. So there was a certain amount of messaging from the Saudi uh, leadership, from the Saudi ministers on the energy side, ahead of COP28. And they um, uh, spoke, I think, of the same sort of messaging that we're likely to hear in a few weeks' time. So there is obviously this close coordination and I think a sort of a very, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a deep relationship. I mean, they have a, a, a lot in common. And obviously, I think someone like Mohammed Al-Abbar you know, it has done it, and he's the kind of character that Saudi Arabia would like to, well, they, they have a number of them themselves, but that the journey, if you like, that the UAE has been on uh, is one that Saudi Arabia would, would like to imitate. James, um, 30 seconds left. Well, it's 6.58am in Riyadh. Thank you for getting up early to speak to us. What, for you, is on the agenda today? 30, se- 30 seconds on that. Well, formally on the agenda, it's more AI. It's definitely flavour of the month here. Uh, my eyes slightly glaze over, I have to say, and more more robotics as well. I think on the agenda for me, uh, issues around job creation in this country, uh, it's not in quite the same favourable position that the UAE is. Uh, Saudi Arabia has a, a different and perhaps deeper set of challenges around infrastructure uh, and finding jobs for a young and growing population. So uh, seeing whether that kind of issue is addressed. And also just briefly, to which the Chinese, the Chinese were, I thought, rather notable by their absence yesterday. Chinese contractors are big here, but they weren't very much in evidence yesterday. James, really appreciate your time this morning. Thanks so much indeed for joining us. Editor-in-Chief there of AGBI, joining us live from Riyadh at Davos in the desert. Just the highlights. This is the Bite Size Business Breakfast. And a subject of much discussion around town at the moment and in the Business Breakfast studio this morning. Gordonston, it's the Scottish boarding school that was attended by King Charles III, uh, featuring in The Crown, and now opening a branch of the school in Abu Dhabi. We are speaking this morning to Sean Robeson, who is the CEO of BBD Education, and they are Gordonston's international partner. Sean, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Great to be back. Let's start with, and I've got a load of questions that people have been messaging in this morning, as well as our own. Why Abu Dhabi? (sighs) 
Yeah, so look, um, Gordonston are the type of school that um, education officials and very esteemed alumni who have already attended the school have been trying to um, expand and bring into various countries around the world for, I would say, the last 10 years uh, as a result of the growth of international education. So when your alumni um, is as esteemed as they are, they have a lot of different options around the world, not just limited to the Middle East. So um, everybody knows the Duke of Edinburgh Award. The Duke of Edinburgh Award was founded at Gordonston. It's in 140 countries around the world. Um, this has been in existence for decades now and is very much aligned to their values. Um, and that style of education um, is very attractive and hence why a lot of different government officials and education leaders have been trying to expand them for a while now. OK, but we've gone Abu Dhabi rather than Dubai. And I was having a look through uh, two years ago when you signed with them as a partner, where you were, you were looking at putting it, um, information conveniently provided by yourself. And you were talking about Dubai. Why the shift? Yeah, look, um, when you when you develop this type of school and you look at this type of um, this type of education, there are certain options that align to the values of a school like this. So you're ultimately creating a destination campus. Um, so people will travel to that campus. And it is very much about the relationships that are formed during this process. You start out with good intentions. You start out with intentions to go into a certain location, but then different doors open along the way and different opportunities uh, become available. Um, I don't think Gordonston is ruling out Dubai um, in the future. Um, it's just that the first announcement is, uh, is, is in Abu Dhabi. Okay, on an island. On an island. Talk to me about Jabal Island, because one of the things that Gordonston is known for is its outdoor education. Cold, windy, mountain, climbing, sheep, pasteurised, sheep pasteurised education. You know what I mean? It's the great outdoors. It's rocky. It's cold. It's Scottish. How are you going to do that here? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, great, great question. So one of the other unique aspects of Gordonston back at the home campus is they have a local fire station in the school and the children actually work in the fire station as part of the curriculum. Um, and as you know, as you've just described, their style of education is very much about character building, life skills, resilience, toughing it out, all of those things. Um, the, the type of plot and the, 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 the availability of resources on Jabail Island is very attractive to that style of education because it's very close to the water. Um, as well. So it's not necessarily we're going to try and open a fire station in the school in Abu Dhabi, but we do see that the Jabail Island development has the attractiveness of the outdoors as well. Um, if you recall when Prince William came to uh, Dubai for the expo site, the first place he went to was Jabail Island um, uh, to look at the development. So it's very much um, in line with the spirit of Gordon Gordonston's education. The amenities there do offer uh, an outdoor style education, but obviously it can't be replicated with the Scottish weather. And how much of it can be replicated, though? Because this is the bigger question that people are asking this morning. How is it, How much is it going to be Gordonston but here? And how much is it just a name above a building and licensing deal? Yeah, so look, it's very much about the values of Gordonston. Okay, so Gordonston is all about giving students experiences and giving students entitlements that they can draw down. Okay, now we did an alumni event uh, before the summer here in Dubai uh, for Gordonston alumni in the UAE and um, people were coming out of the woodwork uh, from all over who'd all been to Gordonston, who'd all experienced the, Gord experienced the Gordonston DNA. 
Um, and it's really important that when you expand a school overseas, you can't replicate exactly the, ex the same experience because of the demographics or the context, but you can replicate the values and you can re replicate the style of education. And we're very, very much um, of, the, of the belief that the UAE doesn't have a school like this yet. Um, there isn't a school that um, has the style of education that Gordonston has produced for decades. Um, and I think the Duke of Edinburgh is testament to those values because every other school in the UAE is doing the Duke of Edinburgh Award. Okay, so how do you do it differently in terms of things like teachers, student-to-teacher ratios, the facilities? Yeah, so I mean, look, the, the school will be a, a premium school in, in Abu Dhabi. Um, it's it's going to be priced um, at the, the, the top of the market um, uh, compared to its competitors there. Um, that comes with a set of assumptions for low student-to-teacher uh, ratios. It comes with a set of assumptions that there will be world-class facilities on the site. Um, so all of those things will be as per the, the norm for that type of pricing. Um, but the unique part of the school in Abu Dhabi will be that it will focus on service and leadership, as particularly when the, within the Arab community, because Jubail Island, 50% of the residents of Jubail Island will be Emirati. What kind of pricing are we talking give us an idea of the range yeah look the, the fees have not been approved by the regulator yet so we're, we're not at the stage of submitting uh that to the to the public yet but you know abu dhabi premium school fees typically start around the fifty thousand mark for kg and go upwards to 100k in, in grade 13 or year 13 and you'll be at the top end of that well we'll be in that range what kind of investment are we talking to actually build this school um, well, look, typical premium schools, um, they build at 6,000 square metres um, and, you know, you're looking at a total investment of around 200 million dirhams for a, a greenfield school project. That's a normal, a normal cost. And what's, what do you actually have to build here? What does the project involve? Um, well, look, we're at the very, very start of the project now with the architects. So we're looking at what we can actually achieve with the plot within the, Gordon, uh, within the Jabil development and within the master community. So obviously drawing down on the curriculum entitlements is a really important feature. Um, parents have certain expectations with space um, and, and with classrooms and that type of thing. So that's all in the very early stages with the architects at the minute. Shona, how do you, I mean, obviously education system here benefits and we know that places are premium at the moment more and more people coming into the country how do the schools themselves and there are no shortages i'm just looking at Abu Dhabi, cranley repton nord anglia brighton college bringing brands over how do the schools themselves the original schools in the uk benefit from these franchises um yeah a lot of them do this to pay for bursary places back in the uk um a lot of them uh, fund um, charitable projects abroad uh, with this. Gordon, one third of Gordonston students are bursary students back in Scotland for underprivileged children. Um, so this will contribute to, to, to those programs. Um, they have other projects, um, charitable projects and expansion projects globally in Asia and also in Canada as well. Um, so this all contributes back to the kind of the, the mother campus that ultimately is trying to do good back in, in Scotland with, with those places. What about doing good here? Will you have charitable places, bursary students here? It's too early to say. I would, I would say it, it would be for discussion. Um, but obviously the school is, it's 226 opening. So we've got a bit of time to, uh, to kind of define all of that. The, the announcement was made. Obviously, uh, the signing took place back in September. Um, we want to get the announcement out now um, so that people are aware of it. And obviously now the project now mobilizes with a, a project team and architects and all that type of stuff. So what's next? When you signed with these guys a couple of years ago, you were talking about Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, Pakistan. Which of those are still in the running for a Gordonston? Um, yeah, we're very open to um, exploring options in Dubai. I think Dubai is a natural next step um, because it's, it's in the UAE. It's, it's, it's close. We know the market here. 
Um, obviously, Saudi Arabia um, is is also an option, um, but a bit further down the the, the road, I would say. Um, but I think the focus is primarily on getting the, the first one right. Um, I think one of the dangers that a lot of schools do is expand too quickly without getting the first one uh, pinned down. So I think that, that that's the priority right now. Sean Robeson is CEO of BBD Education. They are Gordonston's international partner, uh, the Scottish Boarding School, but not boarding here, will be coming to Abu Dhabi. Thank you very much for your time this morning. Thank you very much. This is the Bite Size Business Breakfast, exclusively on DubaiEye1038.com. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.